You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. The Word of God instructs us and the Holy Spirit inspires us, but if we don't listen, we won't know God's will. And as a result, we will be uncertain, we will be confused, we will be insecure, and we will be faithless. And that drives us to make crummy choices, dumb decisions, and major mistakes. In this modern world, not many people use paper maps to get where they need to, but they still need something to give them direction. In today's teaching, Pastor Dion implores you to follow God's direction for your life. He's given you the Bible and the Holy Spirit for direction and inspiration, but you have to choose to listen so that you'll know God's will. If you don't share His vision, you'll end up confused and insecure, which will lead to you making poor choices that can mire you in shame and guilt. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 22 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. That betrayal was enough to boil anyone's blood. Can you imagine? This guy comes over after getting together with the chief priest before, selling Jesus out, telling him, I'll tell you where he's going to be. And then they say, well, hey, listen, you're going to need to identify him. It's going to be dark. I don't want the soldiers missing him. We don't want him to fall through the cracks. You're going to have to identify him. Okay, I'll identify him with a kiss. And he shows up and he kisses Jesus, but it's just not just a greeting kiss. It's a kiss that's wet with deceit. It's a kiss that says, hasta la vista, baby. It'll boil your blood. Anybody's blood. So imagine Peter. Everybody say Peter. Peter ran hot always. Peter had a short temper. So when Judas showed up and kissed him, as they say around here, for Peter, se lo fueron la cabra. You know, thing. I mean, interpretation, Peter went ballistic. You know how it is. Huh? You know how it is. Charlie isn't the only one. You know how it is. You know, you sit here all cool and collected, but you know the raging monster that lurks inside. Right? Huh? Huh? Everybody say, ooey. Look at your neighbor and say, put it on a leash. Look at your neighbor and say, put him on a leash. Here's why we should put him on a leash. This is what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us people who fly into a rage always make a bad landing. That's not what the Bible says, but it's close. Here we go. Here are a couple of verses. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29. People with understanding control their anger, but a hot temper shows great foolishness. Here's the next one, James 1.20. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I mean, just say, ouch. Right, so Peter, when Judas showed up, that make anybody's blood boil. 
And Peter went ballistic. Peter shouted right then, Que viva Jesus! Long live Jesus! And he pulled out his concealed dagger and his intent was on defending Jesus. But wait a minute. Look at your neighbor and say, pump the brakes on that. Pump the brakes, Peter. Wait a minute. Wasn't betrayal, arrest, torture, and death Jesus' destiny? Wasn't that the reason Jesus came? Everybody said, what? Yes! And everything was going according to God's sovereign plan. The only one not following the sheet music was Peter. Peter was out of sync with God's will because, here's the answer, everybody say it out loud. If you have kids, you know what that looks like. You see, Jesus had revealed multiple times that he would be betrayed, arrested, tortured, and crucified. But as they say here in northern New Mexico, they say Peter didn't put attention. He didn't, he didn't put attention. I mean, his body was there, but his mind was out to lunch. So because of that, just look at your neighbor and say, put attention, dude. Go ahead and tell, put attention. Listen, God reveals His plans and purposes for us through His Word and through His Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And then there's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Read that with me. This is what Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Everybody? But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So the Word of God instructs us and the Holy Spirit inspires us, but if we don't listen, we won't know God's will. And as a result, we will be uncertain, we will be confused, we will be insecure, and we will be faithless. And that drives us to make crummy choices, dumb decisions, and major mistakes. I'm going to say that again because it's important. Here we go. The Word of God instructs us. The Holy Spirit inspires us. But if we don't listen, we won't know God's will. And if we don't know God's will, we will be uncertain, confused, insecure, and faithless in our lives. And then that drives us to make crummy choices, dumb decisions, and major mistakes. Here's what we'll do. We will default to the old settings. We will resort to our old daggers, like profanity, and anger, and revenge, and lust, and liquor, 
and lying. We will swing our daggers. People get hurt. And then we end up becoming the villain. All because we wouldn't listen to God's Word and the voice of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been there? Huh? No, don't raise your hand because that would be everybody. Except for those not listening. Because isn't it the truth? We don't know God's will because we haven't spent time in God's Word, so therefore we react uh, you know, impulsively. We uh, do the wrong things by the very power of our flesh. That's how we react, and we hurt people. We endanger ourselves. It's a mess. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a train wreck. Look at him and say, it's a train wreck. It's a train wreck when we don't listen to God's Word and the Holy Spirit. So when we... Don't listen to God's Word in the Spirit. We won't know the will of God and we'll make some major mistakes. And I wish I could tell you that that's where it ends. Few mistakes. But even though our failures aren't fatal because God forgives, shame, embarrassment, and self-condemnation guilt us. Right? We haven't listened so we don't know God's will. We make some major mistakes. And it would be okay if it ended there. But, everybody say but. But, I mean because God offers forgiveness. But, then there's that ugly shame, embarrassment, and self-condemnation that comes around and starts to guilt us. So here's what we do. We ease up off the accelerator in our walk with the Lord because we feel ashamed. We feel embarrassed. We feel self-condemned. What a loser I am. I'm not worthy. I'm unworthy. I, I just can't show my face over there anymore. And so we ease up off the accelerator in our walk with the Lord. We slow down and we fall behind. That's what happened to Peter. Watch what happens. Having arrested Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Everybody say, but Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. So they arrest Jesus, take him to the high priest's home for the trial to begin or a pre-trial to begin. And Peter follows from a distance. Now, unlike some of the other disciples, Peter didn't abandon the Lord completely. He just followed from afar. You know, he made a blooper. He should have been surrendered to the will of God. Lord, this is your plan, not my will, but yours be done. You're going to be taken, arrested. You're going to be tried. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be crucified. I'll have to accept that. But no, he made a blooper. He wanted to defend Jesus. He wanted to stop them. You know, and you know he wasn't aiming for the guy's ear. That's just all he swished off. But, but, but he, he makes a blooper. Jesus actually helps him out by healing the guy or Peter would have been put down. And Jesus helps Peter out. And now Peter's feeling ashamed. He's feeling unworthy. He's feeling just totally self-condemned. 
And so now he lets up off the gas and he starts following from a distance. He didn't abandon the Lord completely. He just followed from afar. Everybody said, from what? From afar. Maybe you can identify. Your mistake or failure belittles you, condemns you. So you become distant. You slack in your devotions. You decrease in your church attendance. You cut back on listening to K-Love or teaching CDs. It's not a complete stop, but a slow and gradual decrease. Beware! Everybody said out loud, what? Beware! Because if you're not moving forward, you're drifting away. And that is dangerous. Because when we get far from the fire, we can become this. Everybody say it out loud. <sighs> say it again. What? Cold. As the righteous brothers say, you've lost that love and feeling. Oh, the love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling and it's gone, gone, gone. Maybe it, should be, maybe it should be like this. Oh, no. Right? Everybody say it. Oh, no. You know, the book of Revelation describes a church that had become cold in their souls. Frostbite had desensitized them. Here is what Jesus told them. He said, get back. Get back to where you once belonged. No, no, he didn't say that. But, but, but close. Here. Revelation 2, verse 4. Let's read it. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and get close again. Look at your neighbor and say, get back, Jojo. Look at him and tell him, get back, Jojo. Get back, Loretta. Huh? Jesus urged the frozen chosen church there to get back to him. Because if they don't, they will fall even farther away. Just like Peter. Look at the next verse. Verse 56. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said... Now, I want to pause right there. Alright, so Peter didn't listen... He didn't pay attention to the things Jesus said. So he wasn't in sync with the will of God. So he makes a horrible mistake, a horrible blooper. That turns around and he's dealing with self-condemnation. He's dealing with shame. He's dealing with guilt. He's feeling unworthy. So he pulls up off the accelerator and doesn't follow Christ with such a passion and then the next thing that happens is, is Jesus says, hey, listen, don't stay cold in your soul. Don't get cold in your soul. Come back because this is what Peter does. He is sitting at the fire, a bunch of Roman soldiers. So the woman comes out around the fire and recognizes him and says, this man was also with Jesus. But Peter denied him saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you're also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed saying, surely this fellow also was with him, 
for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The rooster that Jesus had told Peter would crow when he denied him three times. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter swore that he would never forsake the Lord. Yet there he is, trying to blend in with the world, lying and denying the Lord. No one ever intends to fall that far. But things snowball when we're not listening. Things snowball when we're not paying attention. But the awesome thing is, the Lord loves us too much to leave us in that condition. So behold, the rooster. Everybody said, the what? The rooster. You know, God has, had used a few different animals to set people straight in the Bible before. He used a donkey in the story of Balaam, a whale in the story of Jonah, a lion in the story of Samson. Now he's using a rooster. The rooster was a reminder, a conviction, that Peter was doing the wrong thing, was going the wrong way. The rooster was Peter's wake-up call. Not just for the morning, but spiritually. The rooster became a wake-up call. Get back, is what the rooster was crowing. The Lord probably has a few roosters crowing for you. I know I'm one. Just call me Pastor Guile. Listen to my grito, okay? Get back to where you once belonged! At the sound of the rooster, Peter broke down and cried. He saw how far he had fallen. In one night! Everybody said, how, how went? In one! In one night! He saw how far he had fallen, and he repented. As the story continues to unfold, Jesus forgave and restored Peter. And he does the same for every one of us every single time. Here's the promise. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Read it out loud with me. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a good place to just shout right there. Now, if you've been under the weight of habitual sin and guilt, this old rooster is reminding you of how much God loves you and that you can turn around because He will forgive and cleanse. So if you have been walking and living under the weight of your sin and your guilt and your, your rebellion, 
and you've heard this old rooster tell you, you don't have to live there. You don't have to be under that weight. You can surrender your life to Christ and He will remove all of that guilt, judgment. He'll remove all of that sin from your life. He will remove it far from you as far as the east is from the west. He will forgive and cleanse you. And all you have to do is just say, that's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I ask for. Now, for the rest of us, we've made that decision in our life. But maybe some of you have slowed down. You've been following from a distance. And today you heard this old rooster's grito. And it's kind of woken you up that it's time to get back. If that's you, there's a verse of Scripture I want us to look at. James explained what we should do next. James chapter 4, verse 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now that's the first step. Everybody say, that's the first step. I mean, you know, if you've been from a distance, if you've kind of slowed down, whether it's your guilt or your self-condemnation, you're feeling ashamed, your sin, the blooper you made, the mistake you've made, people know you, people know what, whatever it is that has kept you away, the first step to restoring that relationship is draw near to God and He will draw near to you. But then there's more. It's not just it. It continues. The verse goes on. He says, Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He says, Weep and mourn. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you. You guys got that? Those are the pieces. That's the prescription. Sometimes when we're following from afar, we don't know how to get back. We don't know what's the next thing. Well, the first step was drawing close. The second step is begin cutting away those things, those distractions, those, those things that are keeping you from following afar. You're not running your race because you're weighed down with all of the sins that so easily beset you. He says, get them out of your life. Cleanse your hands. Get washed up. The kids sing a song, scrub-a-dub-dub, get washed in the blood. Get washed in the blood of Jesus. Call out to the Lord in humble brokenheartedness. The Lord will restore you and exalt you. He will set your steps in the order that they should. He will give you the strength and the encouragement. We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the book of Luke, one of the narratives of Jesus' life on earth. Luke's perspective emphasizes the human interactions that Jesus had, His time spent caring deeply for people, no matter who they were or what their story was. Jesus cares for you in the same way. 
He knows what your background is, but that hasn't changed his opinion of you. He just wants to get to know you and show you what unconditional love is. His grace is big enough to cover all of your sins, and he's offering you a new life today. We'd love to tell you more, so please give us a call. We'll share how Jesus can impact your life forever and what steps you can take to begin a relationship with him. Our phone number is 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved with a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we'd love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for more from Luke right here on The Simple Truth. Show in the deeds we sow, let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we